Hello, Two Principles podcast listeners. We are so grateful for all your support and appreciate you checking in with us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate review our podcast. You can also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Two Principles. Check us out on the web at twoprinciples.com. We're so grateful for our Two Principles podcast partners, HealthWise Behavioral Health and Wellness. As a team of experienced licensed psychologists, clinical therapists, medical professionals, and mind-body practitioners, HealthWise offers a wide range of mental health services for individuals of all ages. HealthWise is grounded in a philosophy that considers the whole person. Greenboy Brand. We want to thank Greenboy Brand for helping us design our two principles artwork and logo. They can help you customize your brand. If you're looking for an artwork designer logo or some cool merch, check them out at greenboybrand.com. Welcome to the Two Principles Podcast, where we help you get out of your head and into your heart. The Two Principles Podcast, life and leadership talk inside and out. A better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Hey, I'm Mark Franz, and I'm hanging out with the Two Principles. All right. We are good. Here to go, huh, Franz? What do you What do you got today? You got any... Uh, you got, if you finished up uh, practice today, right? Or yeah, you got practice your uh, summer, summer, summer strength training speed today. And, right? Speed and strength. Speed we go, and strength. We go Monday through Thursday, um, 8 to 11 in the high school. And it's just been a great start to the summer with uh, the number of athletes we have coming through. Yeah. In June, when we had middle school, we had about 300 athletes going through. Um, and it's just, it's, I couldn't think of a better way to spend my summer than working out with the high school athletes. And I you, shouldn't say working out with them. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> You're running around with them, though, but you've been doing that for how many years have you been doing that wrong? for? Yeah, yep. Um, well, this is going to be year 21 at Rogers High School and year 32 overall. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, he's... He's uh, he's up there in age, folks, but he doesn't look that way. <laughs> and welcome and not, to the show. Yeah, yeah, and you're not and you're not really uh, you don't really uh, are you a ca- you you a caffeine? I always like to ask people, are you a caffeinated person? You like to drink caffeine because you know some yeah. coaches they'll be pounding caffeine all day long. I definitely stay away from the monster drinks and that. Yeah. Basically, uh, have a couple of cups of coffee in the morning is what I go with, and then trying to avoid it from the rest of the day from there on out. So when's your co- when are you done with your coffee? Uh, ideally, uh, about nine in the morning, ten yeah. in the morning. Be finished with the coffee. All right, you 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 eat breakfast too? Are you a breakfast guy? Uh small. It's usually like uh, coffee and apple or a banana in the morning. And then, wow, during the school year, we have such an early lunch schedule. We're eating lunch about <laughs> yeah. 1045. It's like a late so breakfast. So, do, yeah, you don't really need a, a big breakfast to go through there. Well, that's good. So you you uh, get your, is that kind of, I mean, through I mean through the summer, through whatever, you if you, if it's just a couple a uh, couple cups of coffee and uh, like a banana apple and then boom, you're on, on your way. And then what are you pounding down to in, in the lunchtime then? Uh, water. Try to try and drink water as much as possible. Uh, take a nice craft of coffee in there. Once you have that, just go through the school day and fill it up with with water. water. How about your lunch? What are you doing for lunch? 
<laughs> I am a classic brown bagger. I from, know you are. That's what I. Days. That's what I want. I want <laughs> so, people to know about that. So what? What uh, do you? What do you? Same thing every day, or what? Said pretty much. Uh, well, if number one, I got to clean out the fridge for leftovers. Oh, sure. uh, so if we got leftovers oh, yeah. or anything, got to take way. that. Um, otherwise, it's basically. Uh, ham and cheese sandwich, <laughs> and then an a, uh, an apple or banana, whatever I didn't eat for breakfast, going through there. So, yeah, it's pretty simple. He's a <laughs> regimen type of guy. Good. Yes, <laughs> I was I was made to make my own lunch going back to uh, uh, middle school and yeah. high school days, and just kept it simple. Kept keep it simple. Are you uh, are you? Well, maybe we'll talk about this later too. But do you uh, pack your lunch uh, the night before? Or do you do it in the morning? Uh, usually the morning. Yeah, can't plan that far. Before. <laughs> it's after after supper, it's kind of like you sit yeah. down and the energy just drops. drops. Yeah. yeah. So well, you, with a lunch that simple, it probably doesn't take that long. No, it's a couple, a couple minutes yeah. to get that going. Hey, Kevin, you ready to go? Hey, I'm buddy. ready. Let's go out and raise that frequency. Uh, all right, let's go spread some good out in the podcast universe. It's that time. Hello and welcome to today's show. As always, super excited to be here today with my good friend Kevin, and we are pumped up. To have Coach Mark Franz on the show today here in the HealthWise Yoga and Wellness Studio. Hey, I'm Jason Paris. And I'm Kevin Jost. And we are the Two Principles, the Two Principles podcast, where we put the focus on leadership, work-life balance, stress management, and mental health. Our goal is to equip everyday leaders with practical tools to maintain their overall health and live out a more balanced and fulfilling life. Hey, if this is your first time tuning in to the 2P Pod we appreciate you checking us out. There are so many amazing podcasts out there. Thanks for tuning in today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. Hey, as always, every episode, we will stay true to the two principles purpose. We will consider the impact of our words and actions. We will be in the moment. We will stay present. We're going to give it our best today. And of course, we're always going to try to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, we are. Hey, well, the only question I have uh, um, that somebody... Uh, brought up and maybe it's more of a comment and I thought uh, maybe we should share this but they asked about our um, our 2P uh, newsletter life and leadership oh, newsletter yeah. so where could people if they want to subscribe to the weekly 2P life and leadership newsletter where yeah, can they get that right at the bottom of our homepage on the website at twoprinciples.com they can uh, uh, scroll right down to the bottom it pops right up and uh, just put your first and last name in and your email address and and uh, you're all set. There's it's subscribed, and then I think there's an email yeah, that comes to confirm Yeah, you have to verify, it. you have to yeah. confirm it, and, and uh, it's just something we just started. We've only sent out two. Yep. Um, by the time this, this episode airs, it'll It'd probably be, be May 4 or so, but um, yeah, it's just something new we're playing around with and, and uh, trying another platform to kind of get, get some messages out and some resources out and um, having fun with it. Yeah, so that, that's great. So... Uh, those of you interested, it's a free newsletter, comes out every Sunday, and it's all about life and leadership and becoming a better version of yourself. Hey, uh, Coach Franz, do you have any questions for the two principles before we get started here? Uh, no, none off. Like, uh, none, none <laughs> off the bat right away. I was, uh, like I said, when I ran into you earlier this week, it felt like I spent all last Saturday with you because <laughs> my wife and Lori were driving up to Duluth for a family event yeah. up there. And, and I said, I better do a, get a little more familiar with the two principles there. <laughs> yeah. So listen to a couple of the podcasts going up there. So That's yeah, I feel like I've been spending part of the summer. With you. <laughs> well, we appreciate you checking in the two principles pod. We appreciate you being here in the studio with us. 
you look relaxed, you look good. It's kind of an episode that we're going to talk not only, you know, from the educational side of things, from the teaching side of things, leadership side of things, but we're going to talk some coaching too, because I'm excited. I know the football season is right around the corner, so we'll be talking about that. But Mark, what we've been doing is we've been introducing our guests with a walk-up song. So what are we going to introduce Mark Franz to the Two Principles Pod with? I think just starting with the sports, we got to go with the Rogers Royals football. They're oh. run, not walk up, they're run out song they're when they go up. through. A, yeah, Inner Sandman uh, by Metallica. All right, the team here. chose that years ago, and it's just become a tradition. You got it playing through there? There we go. Metallica, Enter Sandman. Mark Franz, welcome to the Two Principles Pod. <laughs> This is getting me in the mood for the football yeah, season. It's hard right to here. not get pumped up yeah. listening to this. I know. And how long at how long at Rogers have we been playing this as our intro song? Uh, it had to have been about the 2008-2009 okay. season right. where some of the players saw it um, and from Virginia Tech. I mean, yep. not original thought. They saw yeah. it and they said, hey, can we do this? And I just love the team concept of it. Yeah. Before that, we had done individual and it's always like, oh, is it? Offense's turn to be introduced. Yeah. Is it defense's turn? How about special teams and that sort of thing? And they, uh, the kids at that time, came up and said, "How about this?" I go, "I love it." It's just it's stuck. That That's good. All right, like hey, Jason I got, said, I got, no, I, got, I, got, I got one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do oh, one other do thing. We're gonna one. keep we're gonna keep the music okay. going here because I thought what he was going to say, and you know, now that he says, you know, Metallica makes total sense, and that would probably have been in my, but. He's a big ACDC guy, so I'm going to play a little ACDC here for Mark Franz. So, Mark, here you go. We're going to play another one here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, turn this one on. Little ACDC. It's a long way to the top, right? If you want to rock and roll. And if you, you want... are two, two for two there, Jason. There you go. Yeah. You know what? And I would say to be successful in anything... It is a long way to the top, and you gotta bust your butt. You gotta go through the ups. You gotta go through the downs, but you gotta keep fighting. And this is a great song, man. If you want to rock and roll, or if you want to be successful, baby, <laughs> I love it. All right, hey, we are rocking out of the two principles podcast. I, I love it. All right, I'm gonna All I'm right. gonna turn that off. Let's introduce. All right, hey, like, like Jason. Listen, we can keep yeah, going with the music. Yeah, comfortable, awesome. comfortable chairs here. Hey, like Jason said, we're excited to have Mark Franz at the Healthwise Yoga and Wellness Studio Studio today, right here in Maple Grove. Um, as Jason mentioned, Mark is the head uh, football coach. Uh, teacher, uh, remind me again, this is what year coaching 21? This is year 21 right? at Rogers High School and be going into 32, 30, 32, 32 overall. overall. Okay. Yeah. So as Jason mentioned, you're seasoned. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, seasoned. seasoned. I, I, I That's did a, a kind way yeah, of putting it. Yeah, I did it out. a little bit more kind. You know. <laughs> well, I did, what did uh, I say? I didn't I think say you said you're pretty old. Yeah, oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. I like but seasoned. I did say you look good now, too, by the way. You are pretty so, old, but you look good for so your old age. We, we are excited to have you here and talk, uh, uh, talk some things about education, about leadership. Uh, we're going to talk some football. Um, so we appreciate you taking time out of your, uh, your summer and uh, sitting down with us, and uh, it'll be a good time. Hey, we've never done this before, and I, he may not answer the phone call, but we're gonna we're gonna try to get a hold of our activities <laughs> okay. director Dan Olga. You know what? We're gonna leave. if he let's doesn't do answer, it. we're leaving him a message. Okay, okay? let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's try to call Mr. Ogren here to see if he will pick up. And if he doesn't pick up, you know what? We will uh, we'll leave him a message. You you leave him a message, Coach Francis. I'll, I'll, I'll leave him a message right here. Yeah. All right. 
This is the first. First time we've ever called somebody no. on the show. He's not going to pick up. He's scared. He's seeing my he's seen my name pull up right now. You would think he would, you know, Principal Parr is calling. You'd think he'd pick up. Nope. We're gonna leave. We're leave him. You're gonna leave a message, okay? You've reached Dan Olgren. Please leave a message, and I'll get back to you. Thanks. Uh, when we call, you pick up. All right, <laughs> let's get that down. All right, Olgren. Hope maybe you can call us back later. We'll see you. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Hey, um, Coach Fran, we do a random question the show, and I'm uh, this this off the top of my head. Um, when you get an opportunity to, uh, get away from maybe, uh, school coaching and all that stuff, what's the, what's the one thing you like to go do to enjoy, uh, yourself? Uh, well, just coming off of the 4th of July holiday, one of my favorite weeks of the year, cause that's our blackout week in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a family tradition. We go up to international falls uh, where I was born and raised, and we still have, my mom still lives up there, uh, siblings still live up there, and we have the family cabin on Rainy Lake, and just getting up there, getting away from everything, and just relaxing on Rainy Lake, it's it's my favorite week of the year. Cool. That's awesome. You're getting away, getting away, getting up north, getting into that nature. That's awesome. So, hey, appreciate you answering that question, Kevin. Let's get into some uh, yeah, let's get into the stuff here. Let's go. First question, just... Give us a general background of, of who you are, where you, where you came from. You just mentioned International Falls. Yeah. Um, how'd you get into teaching, coaching? How, how'd you get to where you're at today? Uh, yeah, born and raised in International Falls. Uh, proud Bronco, uh, class of 87. Yep. Yep. Um, out of International Falls, went to St. Cloud State. Uh, Harvard of the North. Har- Harvard of the Mid- <laughs> Harvard of the Midwest. Midwest. I like that. Okay, well Midwest, known North. as Harvard of the Midwest. Um, largely went there, recruited to play football there. Um, played for a couple of years and kind of found out early on that I love high school football um, and college football. It was just it was too much of a business going through there. Mm. So I, had, I was fortunate. I'm happy I played for two years there, but then just decided that wanted to focus on getting through college, getting my degree. Um, didn't know right away as I was going in there. I started out with a double major in math and uh, physics. Uh, took about one physics class, and I go, okay, let's <laughs> narrow this down a little bit here. Uh, but my dad was a career teacher. He was an okay. English journalism teacher up in International Falls. And so it was pretty easy to go into math and education once I just started taking some classes and say, this fits, this is natural. Awesome. Okay. What position in at St. Cloud? Uh, uh, I, this is my answer to my guy, whatever's best for the team. Whatever's best <laughs> for the I, team. I never played the same position two years in a row. Okay. I was a sophomore year in high school. I was, uh, I, it was technically a running back. Let's call it a blocking running back. <laughs> and then, uh, junior year in high school, um, got moved to offensive guard. Uh, or sorry, junior year in high school, I got moved to tight end, blocking tight end. Um, and then senior year played offensive guard. And then was recruited as a lineman to um, St. Cloud, redshirted the first year, and then I got a phone call that summer. Um, offensive coordinator at the time said, uh, we, we need a tight end. Hmm. And I said, okay, I'll try it. He goes, no, you're not trying it. You're it. Because <laughs> the other guy, one guy had graduated, yeah. one guy was ineligible, mm-hmm. and one guy decided not to play football. 
And so I was fortunate to be able to play tight end. So I just kept bouncing around, blocking tight end again. Yeah. Uh, emphasis, outside wide tackle is, is more <laughs> what the position would be. It was an eligible number, but I didn't need an eligible they number. They just wanted you to get your body out there and <laughs> yeah. block somebody or hit somebody. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And you are at good old Rogers High School teaching math. Mathematics. Absolutely. Algebra 2 and A squared AP plus stats. B squared equals C squared. Do you know what that is? That's the Pythagorean, Pythagorean theorem. theorem. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Should we do some uh, math right now? Uh, no, I'm not in the no, mood for you're that. Not. <laughs> you <laughs> wouldn't even let me answer that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead if you want to. And then you've... Uh, and uh, your, your listeners would go straight downhill yeah, if you started yeah, talking yeah, we math. Ta- well, maybe not. Maybe there'll be... We got some, yeah. you know, some listeners out there that maybe some like... Some smart listeners. Yeah, very smart um, listeners. But coached before before Rogers, you coached where? Uh, I've been in the District 728 for 32 years, so... Oh, I actually, okay. From St. Cloud State. So I uh, was at St. Cloud State. I student taught at Vandenberg Junior High. Oh, okay. And then from there, a position opened up at Sock Junior High. And so I taught at Sock for three years. And then a position opened up at Elk River High School when we were one school district. Yep. And I was there for eight years. Okay. Um, before, once Rogers High School opened up in 2003, and they drew the boundary lines with uh, our family living in Otsego, it's pretty easy. It's yeah. like our kids are going there. That's where I want to be. I want to be a part of that yeah. school. And it was it was exciting from ground zero watching the school uh, grow and what it's become. It's It's been a transformation. Well, I was going to ask you, and I know you've been part of this, but, you know, this last year we celebrated 20 years at Rogers High School, and you are one of the, well, there's what, how many of the OGs we have there? 10, 12? Yeah, I think that's some, what we had. Some, oh. Yeah, something like that. What um, what was one of your favorite memories from uh, that first year, either from coaching or just being in the building there? Uh, boy, you said first year, and I don't. This just popped into my head, and it, this goes back 32 years. When you, it was when you were doing the introduction, and I was coaching football, and I hadn't even taught in the classroom yet, and we were going through preseason practice, and we had this. I was I was coaching the D line at the time. We had defensive lineman. His name was Mark as well, and like we were just doing drills and whatnot, and just in the middle of preseason, he said, "Oh, this is awesome." And at the time, he goes, this is the greatest school around. Because he was just yeah. excited to be there football. And, I mean, I was fresh out of college yeah. and, and a proud I Falls Bronco. Yeah. And I had this initial reaction like I was going to argue with him and say, <laughs> no. I go, it's cool, but it's not. And then I go, I go, no, this is where I want to be. Because if you have kids like that going through it and they have that pride in their school and they want to be there, I go, this is cool. Yeah. Uh, he's, 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 he's excited about being here. This is fun. Uh, that was one of my first memories from very first year of of coaching before I had even taught a class. Wow, very cool. Um, we talk a lot about on the show, we talk about health, obviously, mental health, physical health. But when it comes just to your overall health, uh, Mark, what does being a leader in your health and wellness look like to you? Uh, I would say just living a balanced life. Hmm. Um, is what I would say because you can't the physical, the mental, your spiritual. I mean, you gotta you gotta be involved in and aware of everything going through it because it can be. I mean, right now it's easy. Summertime, <laughs> it's so easy because we. I was talking about our speed and strength. We spend a few hours with some kids who sign up and just have great attitudes and want to work hard. 
and then I'm home by by noon yeah. most of the times in the summertime. So it's an easy schedule. Um, it's going to get a lot more challenging when football starts up on August 14th, and then all of a sudden the school year starts. And I mean, that's just the hard time where it becomes challenging with, okay, teaching full-time, uh, football full-time, and then hopefully making a long playoff run. It's a tough stretch going into the school year. So when you're, when you're talking about that, because there's a, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, the time, the effort, um, you know, you get home at night, you're fried out, you, you probably just want to eat and go to bed and then wake up, do it again. But how are you, what are some of the things maybe, what's, what's your plan look like to, to take care of yourself, either with movement or nutrition or uh, whatever? What, what does that look like? Yeah, it's, I'm more of a morning person. So yeah. I really try and do my, when I get up in the morning, I try and exercise in the morning. I mean, we got, you know, we have the, the old man basketball league. We have that going every Tuesday and Friday. You should get Joel's playing there. He's a former oh, basketball guy. I got talked into that in Zimmerman, and, and the very first time that I went, after years of them badgering me, I twisted my ankle. Well, that's <laughs> so to, you're, you're in. As soon as you say <laughs> yeah. years of badgering, you are in. Uh, I'll put in a plug for it tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow morning. I think Franz knows a few people how to get you. Yeah, tomorrow, 530 uh, will be our last one of the summer because then they're refinishing the floor. So I try yeah. and do the, the hell stuff in the morning. Um, and then so basketball is the main thing. Um, otherwise, just getting up and it's. I can't even say lifting weights anymore. I used to go into the school weight room, lift weights. Now it's more like I tell my wife it's power stretching is what I'm doing. <laughs> it's just, I make sure the knee moves, the ankle moves, the hip and the elbows. I just want to make sure all the joints are working. Have you had injuries growing up? Oh, knock on wood. Nothing, I mean, nothing major. Nothing major. Nothing major. Yeah. And that's our running joke. I'm I'm one major injury away from retirement from basketball. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy the guys are great. I mean, we get up, we play. The one thing I've noticed, because we have such a wide range, I mean, I'm about 55, and I'm one of the older guys there, and then we have alumni come in. I mean, my son loves coming in and playing. Okay. Uh, and then Ben McNabo, who's oh, yeah. currently playing football at University of North Dakota, whenever he's in town, he shows up and plays. So there's a wide range with everyone in between. And what I've noticed recently is younger guy falls down on the court. I mean, it's game on, keep playing, whatnot. <laughs> When I happen to fall down on the court, everybody stops <laughs> and they just stare and, they, and they're wondering, is he going to get up? <laughs> is he okay? I, I hope he gets up. He's got the keys <laughs> to the building. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's real good. That's hilarious. Uh, the other the other thing that we always talk about on the show is, is mental health. And you mentioned it a little bit uh, when you were talking about your overall health. It, it means something different to everybody. Um, yes. that, that phrase mental health and, and, you know, the reason why we talk about it is we're, we're trying to destigmatize it. We're trying to, to get to the point where it's just part of who you are, right? It's not a good right. thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just who you are. And, and so we always ask, what does, what does mental health mean to you? Like how, what's your relationship with the idea or the concept of mental health? Um, and that's where I, before I was just saying living in balance, being balanced or living in balance when you go through there. Mm -hmm. And I would say just recognizing when, when your life's out of balance, doing something about it, mm -hmm. or more importantly, with the role that we're in, if there's someone that you work with and you can tell that they're out of balance, something's not right, is being in a leadership role, it's like, what can I do to help you? Mm -hmm. Can we adjust your... 
can we adjust your job time commitments right now, which is something that we have to do during the season? Um, or, I mean, a lot of times if we go back to teaching with the classroom, a lot of times it's small things. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be something easy. If a student is stressed out, a lot of times it's just extending a deadline and say, hey, we had this due on Friday, and they say, can I have the weekend to do it? Sure. And, yeah. and just say, yeah, we'll, we'll see you on Monday and go through it. Can I help you with anything with that? It's just, it's more, I think the leadership aspect of that is being conscious of what's going around going on around you and if you mm -hmm. can help out or point them in the right direction help out that way how about over your time in education how about trends um have you seen things change over the last few decades in terms of uh, mental health whether that be with staff you know educators whether that be with students um what have you seen um i think the most difficult time period was going through COVID mm. because teaching is such a relationship type person and working with the people and, and seeing them in person. And that the year, year and a half that we went through with the distance learning, I think in my opinion, it was just a, a disaster. It was a failure. It's a mm. small, a small portion of um, the kids, the students were able to, to do well in that situation um, but just so many struggled in that situation for a whole. I mean, I think it's too much to expect a teenager to sit there at home and learn this on your own. And yes, you're available and that sort of thing. But that was that was the toughest thing going through there. And I still think we are dealing with um, the fallout, yeah, the fallout yeah. from that. Mm -hmm. um, because, well, one of my classes is Algebra 2. Mm -hmm. And so two years ago, most of those students were in Algebra 1. And so it was just obvious this year when we're going through a lesson that was kind of, okay, we're going to review Algebra 1, and then we're going to build on it for Algebra 2. There was just a night and day difference because when you throw something out and there's kids saying, I've never heard of this before, and other ones saying, oh, yeah, I got this, and going through it. So mm -hmm. the fallout is, I'd say, there's just such a wide range of understanding from the material that was covered back during the COVID years. or it's that, That's my experience from the math. Yeah. And, and going through that. So that'd be the, the toughest thing going through there. Yeah. Uh, but just the fact that we're having this conversation about it, uh, I mean, that is, if you go back 31 years beginning, sure. there, it wouldn't have been a conversation. Yeah, it's right. like, here, you get your, get your stuff done. That's boom. That's it. You're done. Yeah. yeah. What about like, uh, when I think of athletes too, and I think of coaches and, uh, do you see even over the last, well, I remember, I guess the first time I started really kind of Thinking about the mind and the mental part of it was, uh, you know, Phil Jackson with uh, the Chicago Bulls when he was doing stuff with uh, mindfulness and, and meditation and doing all this stuff. And then that kind of came in and then you've got LeBron James, you know, with the Calm apps and really trying to help, you know, not only do you have your physical health, but you've got your mental side of things too and doing that. Have you seen that change with athletes too and maybe coaches too about how they're doing a better job of you know, obviously taking care of your body, but then also taking care of the mind. I, I'll go back to the relation part of the relationship part of that. And it's just, early on in the career, like there was not, you weren't allowed to work with the kids in the summertime or you didn't work with the kids in the summertime. And I remember checking out football equipment early on. It's like, uh, I don't, okay, what's your name? Yeah. Who are you? And, and I mean, like you were, if the first day of football practice, you were getting to know some some strangers, and then a few of the kids you know coming back, 
And it was kind of the mentality was, oh, okay, you got preseason to get in shape. Uh, and that is just not how it works now. I mean, because now we, we have the weight room open throughout the summertime. And you really, you keep somewhat in contact with the kids on a year-round basis. Um, so you're coming in, it's this summer I treat it as we're ramping up for the season. And when mm-hmm. the official season starts on the 14th, it's like we, we're going to hit the ground running. It's not like, oh, here's where we start. Um, so the, re- the relationship is so much more uh, year-round, more well-developed is what I would, I would say to that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And then do you see, do you see athletes spending more time, um, understanding, you know, cause I, I, I mean, just, I mean, just within even the last, I don't know, five, 10 years, I've seen even athletes in our building doing a better job with, uh, maybe the nutrition part of it, maybe, uh, you know, the, the weight part of it, maybe they're doing some stuff, uh, I don't know if it's the the mental uh, workouts or you know stuff that they can do with meditation or or mindfulness to get maybe it's positive imagery or you know some of the sports psychology stuff of it. Do you where do you where do you see that? Uh, the nutrition, I definitely see the athletes taking. Some of them are taking it more on individual basis. Uh, the mental imagery in that. I mean, we talk about being in a positive mindset. So you talk about that on a team aspect. Um, I don't see a whole lot of that on an individual basis. Uh, I mean, you talked about the weight training. I mean, the whole proliferation right now of personal trainers and that sort of thing. I mean, that's just just taken off Mm -hmm. in the past couple of years with uh, the athletes and the, the parents who are willing to pay sometimes lots of money for the personal training. And I've seen, you know, what I guess what I'm what I'm uh, talking about too. I think more and more of these these athletes are spending time with the psyche of uh, of their mind and, and getting themselves like you like you talk about in your team, just getting yourself in the right mindset, the positive mindset to go compete or play at your best, you know, day in and day out. And so, some of these athletes, I believe, I well actually I know are spending some time and money working with it could be a mind coach i don't even know what they're called sports psycho you know sports psychologists and all that kind of stuff to get them to get themselves ready here if they're ready here then they can go out and compete at a high level my 12 year old nephew works with somebody like that oh really 12 year old yeah Hmm. I, in, as a part of a team or on an uh, individual Individual, individual oh, wow. parents are paying for him to work with somebody individually on um, the, the mental aspect of competition. A 12-year-old, what's, what sport is he in? Uh, hockey. Okay. Baseball. Okay. Lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the so thing. So kids, are, like you said, to what you said, kids are doing it. It's yeah. on individually. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's going to be kind of like uh, the while well, the weight room is well in there and it'll be just growing and growing and growing. You'll have all like you said these uh, individualized what do you call them performance coaches or you know physical strength coaches to get you to compete at the higher level but a lot of what we're talking about on the show too is that you, you, the, there's the mind-body connection. You've got the mind-body-spirit. They're all connected. They're all interconnected. It's, it, so when you're doing something for your your body, that also is impacting your your spiritual side and your mental side, the same thing. Just like if you're going to do spend some time, I don't care if it's meditation or mindfulness or a prayer or whatever, you're doing stuff in, in, in that, that part of it. it. It's going to help with 
all the other ones as well too, or the spiritual side could be, some people will call that the meditation or the mindfulness or the prayer time. And what are you doing for the the mental side of it? And it could be, um, you know, what they talk about is what's the, uh, what did I just see where basically you give him your affirmations, right? Mm-hmm. Your affirmations talking about how, Hey, I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go interact with people. Um, I feel good. I look good. I'm going to, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's all interconnected there. It, pal. Is. it, it is. is. It is. Hey, let's uh, switch it up here. And um, your favorite topic, <laughs> social media. <laughs> I mean, you're the, you probably are. Hey, so hey, let's talk. You're, you're setting me up. I already know I'm being set up here. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this is like technology. Yeah. So, you know, but seriously though, technology in, in, Really, from the time that you started to where it is now, and in the the changes not only in students, and the changes in student athletes, but even the changes in us as as teachers and, and principals, what have you seen there when it comes to technology and social media and the impact there? Uh, wow, I mean, it is the social media, the cell phones, it has just taken off. I mean, you're setting me up with that. Um, I am not very active in that. I mean, we do have a football Twitter account. Yeah. And Who I, runs that? Uh, I run it. Oh, you run it. But it's really for general information. Yeah. And then on game night, we give score sure. updates and that sort of thing. So we do not get uh, very involved in that. Uh, my wife and I made a decision we're not, we are not and never have been on on Facebook going through there. So yeah. I mean, if we just, we feel time and energy, mm-hmm. uh, it can be better spent in other directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we're in the minority with that. I fully, I fully get that because everyone yeah. else says, you see this on Facebook and we shared this. I mm, don't yeah, didn't see yeah. it. Well, tell me about it. Let's talk yeah. about it. What are, what are you sharing? It's <laughs> like my brother's fish that he caught or something like sure. that. And so, um, yeah, but dealing with that, I mean, just a society as a whole, I mean, it, it, everywhere i mean yeah driving down here today to your studio you recognize a number of people who cannot separate themselves from their cell phone when they're in the car <laughs> yeah it's 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 an addiction going through there it's i i don't even know if addiction's the right word but it's definitely it uh all-encompassing in in society um kids in the classroom with that i mean if adults can't handle it I mean, we have to be very conscious in our in our efforts to get the kids to understand proper uses and improper uses. But that is a that's an everyday struggle. I mean, it's not you address it once and oh, it's taken care of. It's like I got to deal with this again. I got to remind them again. Going through there on on the proper uses of cell phone when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate. Yeah. So people's people's brains are literally being rewired. I mean, it's it's. It, well, it's nonstop information, yeah. just yeah. right in front of you all the time, mm-hmm. and you have your choice of okay, I want to, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to this social media site, I'm going to this social media site, so you can kind of choose it. Um, and I was just I was thinking about that a little bit with so much of the sensual, uh, everything's um, so uh, the way it's presented. I compared it to like the National Enquirer. Showing my age a little bit, you used to get that <laughs> yeah. where they had all the centralized yeah. headlines and yeah. whatnot. It's like that's what social media is. Nobody just kind of says, "Here's the news." It's like, "Oh, here's sensationalizing." The, yeah, huh? yeah. Thank you for help mm-hmm. with the word there. You know, when I when I think of social media and I think of uh, the whole concept of technology, it's it's what I see with kids and 
you know, the joke is how they, they've got TikTok brains or they've got whatever, but it's that instant, they want instant, everybody wants instant gratification. What you got to train yourself for is that delayed gratification, which takes discipline, right? And, and everybody wants everything quick, done, fast, easy. Well, that's not always the case. That's why I, that's why I love when I follow, like if it's athletes or I follow um, people who have, who have struggled and who have gone through, gone through something to reach where they've gone, they didn't get instant gratification. It was that delayed gratification, but they, they went through adversity. They went through things to get to where it's at. And that to me is living life. I love two part. I'm number one. I love that. I agree with the delayed gratification. You got to put the work in before the success comes as you're going through that. And also when you're talking through that, I was thinking about the, the team aspect of it. Cause when you're on social media, it's like you're in your own little world and you're not interacting with other people. I mean, discipline wise in the school <laughs> or in the classroom, it's easier because if there's downtime in the classroom, uh, the kids just pull out their phones and they're on that and they, mm-hmm. they kind of take care of themselves in the phone. <laughs> There's not a whole, a whole lot of acting out. Yeah. Um, cause you used to make sure everything was planned. Okay. What am I going to do if so-and-so gets done early? Cause he's not going to sit there quietly and that <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it's, you had to plan for that. Um, but it's the, going back to what you said, yes, hard work comes before success but also get in the mindset of I'm not isolated. I'm not in my bubble right here. And I just bring it back to, it's, I, that's one of the reasons I love coaching team sports is because those two aspects are, you need them to have any success on the football field or any team sport. You got to put the hard work in, which our kids are doing in the summer, putting the hard work in the weight room beforehand. And then being part of a team, I mean, my most of the time I will, I will highlight the offensive lineman as far as kind of the personality or the characteristic that you want, where it's that of a servant leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, because offensive line, they never get recognized right. unless they get a penalty. Right. All right? But nobody, <laughs> no team is going to be successful without a solid offensive line. So I said, if you wear the numbers 50, 60, or 70, which you are required to wear to be an offensive lineman, you are special among special. I mean, I tell all the football yeah. players, you're special because of just being part of the team and putting the team ahead of yourself. But truly 50, 60s, and 70 numbers, they are the servant leaders. There, I was just listening to, I don't even know who it was, um, a little snippet on Twitter. So I am on Twitter yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and he was talking about the offensive line is the only position in any sport where the entire time their back is to the ball. And it's, it's the trust factor and you just have to trust your teammates and you're working, plowing the road there, but your back is to the ball the entire time. You said that's the, that's the uniqueness of the position of the offensive line in football. Has that been a, a uh, point of gratitude that you've always carried as a coach or have you developed that in terms of, of showing that gratitude Uh, when you were a young coach? Was uh, that young, the case? No, I mean, yeah. you, I knew it as a young coach, but, it wasn't, but you don't verbalize yeah. it as much. And yeah, kind of that's the one thing with experience. It's like, okay, I always, I always believe these things, but I got to tell the team more about it, why these guys are special yeah. and how I want, I mean, everyone's special, yeah. but these guys are special to the function of the functionality of the team and to the success that. of the team. One of the things that I want to 
you know, this, we stay on this topic a yeah, little bit, and, and it's um, just about uh, this kids or students or athletes. You know, again, going back to that instant gratification, or, or you know, they always see the win, the wins, and wins. They don't go through the the struggles or failing, right? And sometimes you you have to go through failing in order to be successful and, and to get back up and to grow and get better. What do you, what do you see with student athletes now? Are they, cause sometimes, you know, somebody doesn't, they don't, they don't want to put themselves out there because they don't want to fail. Well, if you're never going to try something or do something, you're never going to know. So what do you, what do you, what would you say to that? Or when it comes to student athletes or athletes or just people in general? Uh, that's where extracurriculars, and not just sports. I mean, you talk theater or mm-hmm. any of the extracurriculars. Curriculars. I think that's such a vital role of the school of the educational process. All of those, because that's where the the students can choose their their point of interest, whatever it is, and they can put themselves out there in that way. And as a coach, or as a theater manager, or director of that. I mean, you're there in a supportive role saying, yes, this is hard. This is difficult. This is going to be challenging. And you know what? You might fall down, but we're going to get back up and keep going through it. And uh, I mean, last year, one of my memories, you kind of, over the years, kind of a lot of the individual memories fade, but then you kind of remember themes from a team and from last year's team. I don't, we started out the season. We're five games uh-huh. into the season. We're two, two and, and three, three. Yeah. and we are dealing with just a bunch of injuries. And People uh, are saying, you know, these guys are done, these aren't, these aren't it good. It would have been yeah. so easy for the team to sit there and say, oh, that was fun, let's just kind of ride it out. And uh, I'll give last year's, I always, the seniors are always the leaders. They set the tone because they know this is my last chance to play football. Uh, they never paused, they never hesitated. They said, no, we're going to make this season something special. And then we were able to... Uh, run off seven wins in a row to make it to the section or to the state semifinal. Uh, yeah, semifinal. And so, just I'd say that's a perfect example of what extracurricular activities do is they give you a chance to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And team sports, you always have the support of your people around you. I call it the positive peer pressure because everyone talks about peer pressure in a negative way. It's like, oh, they're influencing you to do this. Uh, when we broke today. Uh, and we break for the weekend. I mean, we be, we always say, what's your job over the weekend? It's to hang out with people who care. Because hmm. if you're hanging out with people and they say, oh, I don't care about this. I don't, they're telling you the truth. They're saying they don't care. Find people who do care and oh. hang out with people who care over the weekend. Oh, that's great. In addition that. to hydrating and taking yeah. care of your tri- yourself <laughs> nutrition-wise. I love it. Hmm. That's different. And nobody was telling us that when I was when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, we touched on it earlier, um, but an, another another big pillar of ours is is work life balance. Um, and you've already you've already kind of mentioned it a little bit. But how how are you? You know, it's going to look different for everybody. Um, you know, based on priorities and and uh, things that that you care about, but. How are you managing work-life balance between professional and personal? Um, what advice would you have for others as they're trying to to be better in that area? Um, what's your relationship with that? Um, well, going into the hardest time is during the football season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
I, I, if you're interviewing to be a head coach or something like that, I think you're, you should bring your spouse along into the yeah. interview as well because <laughs> you have to have a supportive spouse if you're going to be the head coach of, well, really any sport because you really, you cannot, especially now, you cannot unplug yourself with it. I mean, with just email, text, yeah. um, social media, you're, there's always something going on with that. So uh, bring your, bring your, make sure your spouse is along um, for the ride and for the journey. And I mean, I've been blessed. Uh, Lori is just a super supportive spouse and she does what she can to get involved during the season. Uh, her favorite thing, she goes, my mission on earth, she goes, I'm here to feed people. <laughs> and so she does it with just different church activities with the mission trips. Uh, whenever when someone is in need, she's there to cook. And so like Friday night after, after our games, she has, she cooks up a meal for all the coaches and their families oh, nice. and just invites them over to the house. And we just kind of socialize, eat for a little bit after the yeah. meal and kind of break things down before we, well, before we jump back into it the next morning. <laughs> well, yeah. and I think that's a good way to do it. Like you were saying, and Lori, you know, I always love to see Lori. Lori always, she always gives you a big hug. And that's the one thing that's... I appreciate about her. She'll give you a big hug and um, she is so caring and loving. And, but how you, you describe that with that, because <laughs> the old saying is, I heard, I can't remember, good, uh, goodbye, dear football's here, you know, when you're a coach. I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> you know, you go off to do that. But to be able to create those opportunities like Lori's doing after a Friday night game to bring the families together just to, you know, check in and all that stuff, because th that's great. Those little opportunities to do that, to stay connected. It's those relationships. It's those connections. I think I think I love that. And I think it's important to point out, too, like we've talked before with other guests you know, I don't even know if work-life balance is the right term because that suggests that you're always in perfect balance. Yes. Which is not possible. We all know that. And so you, you kind of mentioned that, that you know, your, your year, it kind of ebbs and flows. And, and football season, it's, you're a little bit, you know, preoccupied and, and tied up and committed um, is probably a better word, committed. And, and, uh, but then the pace changes after the season. And, and so it all works out, I think, yes. essentially. Yeah. And if you understand, if you're, if I mean, you're aware, I, experience you're, yeah. is a good teacher where you know, this is going to mm -hmm. come. Cause right now in the summertime, have a little bit more relaxed. If you want to, if you want to read or if you want to sit around and do nothing, you can actually yeah. do that for a while. And I'm happy doing that for, for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but then just knowing what's around the corner where it's like, okay, beginning of the season, really, it's going to, hold your breath and we're, we're going through this together, um, as, as best we can. And I mean, it's just, it is so time intensive, um, just because, I mean, it's, it's coaches. Sometimes we're, we're our own worst enemy because yeah. we're competitive and we're thinking, Oh, if I break down one more film or if I watch 30 more minutes of film, I'll find something for this next team and that sort of thing. And there's, there's truth to that, but you also have to kind of say, all right, let's, let's balance, let's figure out where enough is enough going through. That. How has this might play into the work-life balance? Um, I just thought of this. How has technology been incorporated over the, over your, your time coaching over the years and how has that changed? Has it, has it made things easier? Has it made it more complicated? Um, you know, I can remember in high school, my coach, you know, having to drive somewhere with a VHS tape somewhere on a Saturday morning to Forest Lake to exchange film. But I mean, so 
How has technology impacted work-life balance? Well, yeah, that was the beginning of my career right there. Yeah. Younger coach, it's like you're doing the film exchange yeah. or whether <laughs> you're driving Friday night, midnight to right. meet someone halfway yeah. through or Saturday morning we're meeting at the Dairy Queen in Buffalo to yeah. switch yeah. To <laughs> different films as you go through it. Uh, yeah, that was done for years. But now most of the high schools are on huddle yeah. where you exchange film via the internet. Um, and then coaching-wise... There's a whole, I mean, I love the statistics, uh, the breakdown that you can put in there between um, down and distance, hash yeah. tendencies, uh, formation tendencies, personnel tendencies. And that's where, I mean, it's like technology has been described as a black hole in so yeah. many ways. I mean, that's one where you sit there and say, oh, man, there's so much more I could do. Right. And you're trying to sort through and say, okay, what's really the kernel of, what's, what are the few kernels that we can do here? Because we may understand at a certain level, and we do, and we kind of have our call sheets based on those tendencies. But what can we really teach our kids that this teenager, when he's got adrenaline running through his body and he's tired and sore, he can process at that point in the game and say, okay, I see this from the defensive perspective. They're into this offensive formation that has a tendency. How much can we give them so that it doesn't slow them down mentally? And that's kind of the balance mm. that you got to sort through as your coaching yeah. staff. It's like, okay, yeah, let's let's not overwhelm them with stuff here. We got to give them a few little tidbits to go, and then we just go from there. Do you ever find yourself laying in bed at midnight thinking about thinking about a game, and and because because the technology is there, you grab your iPad right next to your bed, and all of a sudden you're watching Huddle in the middle of the night? Uh, I definitely have a notepad next to my bed. <laughs> okay. I'm a little okay. old school. Okay. <laughs> I have a notepad next to the bed, and I definitely, if I wake up and I go, oh my God, that's a thought, thought I there. write it down. Okay. And then it's about 50-50 in the morning. It's like, that's a good idea. 50-50. <laughs> what was that? I don't even know what dream I had for that one. So, Oh, that's funny. Okay. Hey, what, um, I know we talked maybe a little bit about this, but do you want to talk a little bit about um, uh, the importance of routines and maybe how they uh, help establish you know, healthy habits? And what's your take on routines for yourself? Do you have any advice on that for listeners? Um, with, again, I'm, uh, we got going on football, so you're going to yeah. have to really work hard to get me off the football. Well, it could be, here, it could, it could be, it, yeah, just could be life and in general with yeah. routines and how, how, how do they impact your life and what would you, what did, in, in, in how do you incorporate routines so you can help with kind of healthy habits in, in, in your life? Uh, from the, from the head coach position with the routines, I really try and with my coaching staff, which is an outstanding coaching staff, being very clear in their roles and the practice plans that we go through, they follow very much the same template as far as, okay, we have so many minutes for this, we have so many minutes for this, but then it's what you do within those minutes that makes, makes it, it dynamic as you're going through it. Um, and so I really try and establish the, the routine with my coaches and the players so that they know what to expect coming through there. I think if you're constantly, you always got to have a little bit of uh, variability in there. So mm -hmm. it kind of keeps them on the edge, but you can't go over the top with that where all of a sudden, oh, we got a completely different practice plan this week. And everyone's sitting there trying to figure out the details of the practice plan instead of, okay, Monday, we don't put pads on. 
Monday we're going through film. We're going to wrap up a review of last Friday, and then we're going to we're going to watch a lot of film of the upcoming opponent. We're going to point out to the kids here's the tendencies that we're going to try and take advantage of. Uh, Tuesday we make it an offensive emphasis day. We're out there in pads. We give a little bit more time to offense, and we're trying to get them a running start for the defensive alignments that they're going to see. Um, and then Wednesday becomes more of a, a defensive emphasis day where we introduce it on Tuesday, spend a little bit more time on, on Wednesday with that, and then Thursday's more of special teams. And so we have these times, but, I mean, the night you have a different opponent every single week, so you have, you're talking about different times during that. And the, just uh, I think the routine gives everyone a comfort level mm-hmm. going through there, whether it's my coaches, whether it's the athletes. They say, we know what to expect. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it creates those those habits. It's the consistency. It's just the familiarity, and it just makes things go well. That's going to lead into the next topic that we like to talk about is just leadership. And I know you being a head football coach, you being um, you know math teacher. Uh, what does leadership mean to Mark France? I always go back when we're talking to our captains about the the. The thing that makes the most sense to me is servant leader. You're in the leadership position. What can you do to make everyone else around you a successful, a little bit uh, easier on their job? I mean, because we tell them from the coaching perspective, the ultimate goal is you got to put the players in a position to or where they have a chance to be successful. You can't sit there and say, oh, well, we had so-and-so this year, we got so-and-so this year, we're not going to do the same thing. No, it's like you have to find a way for that individual to be successful. Um, was same thing with the, my assistant coaches. Um, I take it on as far as servant leadership. I want them, I mean, we're, we're involved in coaching because we love the sport of coaching. And that's, I want my coaches to just be able to coach. Anything that's not fun, that's uh, off the field, that sort of thing, I try and take that on. Whether it's uh, the fundraising goal, or if uh, dealing with the trainer and getting updates from the trainer or just anything that's off the field, I try and take that on. And so my coaches are insulated from that um, and they just get to coach football. Mm. I mean, I want, I told, I tell our linebackers coach, I go, you're the expert of the linebackers. I go, you better be smarter. You better know more about the linebacker position than I do. Because if I'm the expert of every single thing, we're, we got we got a low ceiling right there. <laughs> yeah. Where you, you need to be, here's your little area. This is what you need to be an expert in and share that with the kids. And then I'll try and keep everything else away from you or, or simple, mm-hmm. simpler for them. Hmm. Yeah. What about, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've created a very successful program at Rogers High School and been there for 20 years, going on year 21. You have a culture there. How do you build and sustain a positive culture like you have done? Uh, It has been a blessing to be involved with Rogers High School since the beginning. I mean, it is an outstanding community. I mean, when the school was being built, the support and the pride that came out of Mm-hmm. of Rogers and continues to this day. I mean, you, you can you can just feel it. And then the through the principals from the very beginning, I mean, Jana Hennenberg was yeah. the first principal there. I mean, the administrative staff up until today, up through the current years has always been supportive of extracurriculars and activities. They've A lot of people call it like the French, 
front porch of the school because it's the most visible thing. I mean, all the administration has understood that and been supportive. So it's it's really been a blessing with that. The parents are are have also been a blessing. I mean, I've been involved with mm-hmm. the booster club since the get-go. And the parents are competitive in the sense that, okay, year one, here's what we did. We did the best we could right there. And then year two, the parents who were involved in year one, they go, okay, we can do this a little <laughs> bit better. And I mean, it has just grown throughout over yeah. time here. I mean, the concession stand that we have is totally run by the Booster Booster Club. And every single year, whoever is in charge of the, the Booster Club or in charge of the concessions, they're saying, oh, we can do this. We can make this a little bit more special. We can do this. Um, so it's it's really just the watching the, the growth of it and uh, being letting the Booster Club and the parents do their thing to build around the program. Um, the support from the school, the support from the community. It's, it's just been, it's been a wonderful experience. You, Mark, you're very, you're a very humble guy. You're not going to, you're not one that's going to go, uh, out and say, Hey, look at me or look at this. Cause that's just, that's not who you are. And you have built a program that I believe, I'll just say it the right way. Cause so many, so many coaches or programs, it's win at all costs, right? You're very competitive, and don't get me wrong. You like to win, yeah. but you also want to transform and help build athletes, student athletes in a positive way and help them grow and be better people. And that's the one thing I've always noticed about you and being around you know, for the last 10 years at Rogers High School, but just seeing you work with your student athletes from a standpoint of helping them become better people, not just, hey, yeah, we're gonna set goals, we we're gonna win, but you do it and you do it in a different way. And there's not there there are coaches that will do that, but talk to us about that. And, and you know, it's okay to it's okay to like, you know, you don't need to be so humble right now. No, no. Um, nobody's I, listening. I, I, yeah, nobody, yeah, nobody's, nobody's listening. listening. <laughs> um, no, I would say the coaching fraternity is something special. Um, because I would say the head coaches out there, especially now in the summertime when it's kind of a free-for-all and you can kind of coordinate your stuff. I mean, just organizing your own seven-on-seven passing leagues. Uh, next week we have our team camp and we coordinate closely with Zimmerman and Tom Kish. I mean, the coaching fraternity, it's, it's special people. Um, so I really, it's nice being part of that. Um, sportsmanship is something that I think I've, become more vocal with. I've always believed this, but trying to be more vocal. Um, and every year I have to, we have to have a conversation as a team where a player will make a statement like, I hate so-and-so, or I hate this team, and that sort of thing. And we just kind of pause, and I just kind of pause with that, and I say, okay, let's talk about this. When you go hate, and, and I mean, I had, to have, I had to have this conversation with my older son a couple of times, because he would just say, oh, I hate so-and-so. I go, wait a second, you don't hate them. It's okay to hate losing to someone because we're out there competing. It's, if you lose and you say, I hate losing, that's okay. But you don't hate the other person because that's, that's your competitor. If, if you didn't have a team to compete against, you wouldn't have a game. Right. You got to appreciate the competitor. When they do something great, uh, they make a play and they get beat. Hey, say nice play. Let's get up. Let's play the next play and let's go at it. Uh, so that's a big part of it is mm-hmm. just kind of separating, separating out. You can hate losing, but you don't, you don't hate the individual. Um, 
I had a second thought when you're going through that. I two, I can't handle two thoughts. <laughs> I I can only handle one thought at a at a time when we're going through when we're going through this. Um, give me one second. No, it's gonna, it'll, it'll it's gonna, come to you. Yes. Well, I love I love that you say that. I love that uh, that you're pointing those things out. Oh, all right. Yes. Yeah, and just, I knew I did a pause, and it's just with um, officials. Yes. And treating officials and going along with the sportsmanship theme there. Because it is, everyone is so critical of the officials. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a, tough a, job. a tougher job around than officiating high school games, professional games when they go through there. And so our mentality is this, and we try and stress this with the team. It's like, have you ever played a perfect game? And kids are going to shake their heads. And I, I basically said, I've never called a perfect game. And I'll usually Saturday morning when we're watching film and if a situation comes up, I'm going, okay, here's where I screwed up. We should have had the other personnel group in there, but I wasn't quick enough with that. I'm going to get better at that as we go through it. And we try and point out what we can do better as coach, and we try and point out to the kids what you can do better as kids. That's what we're doing when we're watching film. What could we do better? What's within our control? Well, the officials are not within our control, but you got to recognize they're out there doing the best job Mm -hmm. they ever can. I go, number one, don't sit there and whine and complain to the official. Have you, in your experiences all through youth football, has anyone, any official said, oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I'll pick up my flag. I go, they're doing the best job they can. So really our mental mindset going back to uh, competing for the game, it's like we got to go into the game knowing, okay, we got to play well enough to beat the other opponent and overcome a call or two that's going to go yeah. against us. Because it's just going to happen. If we have that expectation, then we're prepared for it. And if a bad break happens, then we're ready to kind of say, okay, that's it. Let's move on. And the flip side of that is if a call goes in our favor, let's take advantage of it. I mean, it's kind of, it's part of the game as you're going through Mm -hmm. that. But don't put the expectation on the officials that they have to play a, they have to call a perfect game. They're never going to, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Do you think that's gotten over the years um, when you, when you think about, and for me, and I've grown up and uh, had kids go through competing and playing sports, but back when, let's say when you and I were playing, the uh, do you think uh, people will get mad at the officials, but do you think it's at a different level now? Yeah, I do. I do think that it's at a different <laughs> level with people getting mad at the officials. And I think it's, I, and I don't think it's just at the high school level. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go to the professional level, uh, I am not a fan of instant replay, all right? Because you can, half the time when they show an instant replay, they're still debating yeah, right. whether he's in bounds or not. It's like, let's acknowledge that this is part of the game and we have to, we can't be, we can't make that a bigger part than the game itself. People love the game because of the entertainment. Um, and I think Major League Baseball has taken a step in the right direction this year with the, the, mm. the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. It's like people love baseball, Let's play the game of baseball and mm-hmm. keep this moving and stop addressing our, our, our little wrists and hands and all the bungees and whatnot that they have on them. <laughs> it's like stay to the game, stay true to the game. Um, and so I don't, know if, I don't know if that at the professional level goes down to the high school level, but just the, the criticalness of what happens or does it, I mean, going back to your social media, because it's so easy to be uh-huh. critical of someone's social media because they're not out there, does that bleed into 
how you how you treat people when you're at a distance and you're screaming at the officials there. So it is uh, we are not trending in a good direction that way. It's, yeah. uh, it's uh, sportsmanship and treating of the treatment of officials. We gotta we gotta figure well, out a solution. To that. I love that you're highlighting those things with those kids. I mean, they're definitely in better hands with you and and um, because you know you talk about not being able to you know, there's things you can't control. I mean, those messages that you're given in football, unfair things happen in life all the yep. time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the parallels, the parallels. you just got, you got to be able to deal I mean, with it. You absolutely. Are, yeah. So. I think you've said this before too. It's, it's the next play mentality. Yep. You, you, you can't, if you're sitting there pissed off or focused on the last thing that's happened, but yet you got to line up and go again, but you're, you're mm-hmm. in the past you're you're not there, and and we always talk about getting yourself in the present, getting yourself in that uh, so-called zone. Well, you're in the zone when you're in the present. If you're sitting there still pissed off about a call, you're not in the present. You're not in the zone, and you're not ready to go. And you and I've heard you say that multiple times. Get the next play mentality, and that's where again extracurricular activities are just a wonderful teaching tool. I think they're one of the most dynamic teaching aspects in in high schools today because of that aspect to it, and just the pressure that the that's going on during whether it's a football game, a basketball game, it's a hockey game. You're expected to perform, and yeah, if something bad happens, it's like okay, we got to move on. We got to move on. Um, and yeah, I love the team aspects because that's true in individual sports as well. Mm-hmm. Team aspects. You have your peers, and uh, we talk about can you bring, if you know someone's struggling out there, what can you do Mm -hmm. to help your teammate going through that? Whether it's making a pre-snap recognition call or you know someone has a quick temper and you know they're getting to their boiling point, Mm -hmm. what can you do to help your teammate and help your team? Hmm. I'd ask it. I'm going to stay on this topic for just a little bit longer, but I want to ask about what advice would you give to a somebody who's aspiring to be maybe a teacher or a coach, what advice would you give to that person that's sitting out there that's saying, you know what, I, I wanna, I'm going to get into the teaching or I'm going to start teaching or I'm going to start coaching? What advice that you, maybe that you wish you had back when you first started? Um, and boy, I got I to gotta think about that because, like I said, I was raised where my, my, my dad was a lifetime teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my oldest son has yep. chosen to go in. Colin is, yep. Yeah, he is. He's going into teaching and coaching as oh. well. Plus, so, he's getting married here too, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> August fourth. We got a couple yeah. of weeks going here. So he yes. is. Is he? Yes. Uh, so um, I don't know if I have a sound little sound bite that yeah. you could go there, but it's it's just, uh, you. The person has to have a heart for helping other people and doing something for other people. Cause ultimately that's what we're trying to do in education. It's like just to create opportunities for someone else. I mean, when, when we talk in math class, I'm going to get off football for a little yeah, bit. It takes some time, but <laughs> when, when we go through math class, I mean, ultimately, I mean, the question always comes up is like, Oh my goodness, when am I ever going to use this in the real world? Yeah. You know what? Good chances. You're not. As we're going through that, when you pick one singular subject or one singular topic, you're not. But the being able to have a good grade in Algebra 2 is going to open up doors and opportunities for you down the road, whether it's it's choosing a career, whether it's a scholarship opportunity, whether it helps you get into a football program at school. Because I part of my time at St. Cloud, I was 
I would tutor in the math. They called it the Math Resource Center. And so mm-hmm. it was people who were in struggling in school. Uh, my job was to go in there and just tutor them. It was largely with algebra skills going through there. Um, but there was just a whole mix of people from some of my classmates who were struggling, and I could help them through there. Uh, but I remember this one woman who was in her second career, and she goes, I just wish I would have done this in high school mm. uh, because I didn't realize how many opportunities or how many doors were closed to me when I didn't have my high school diploma. And so she was working. So she had got her high school diploma, and now she was in college and trying to get that. And it's really about just you want to, as, as an individual, and what I want for my kids is you want to have as many opportunities mm-hmm. as possible. So you can make your decision as far as, hey, I want to try this. I'm passionate about this. Yeah. I mean, I nothing could be more disheartening than, hey, I want to do this. And someone said, oh, no, you're not qualified. You can't do that. So it's all about creating opportunities and opening doors for people. And so if someone's going into that, it's like that's that's where your heart has to be mm-hmm. um, as overall big picture. I mean, you're you're always going to have your day-to-day struggles, but if you go into it and you're saying, hey, what can I do to help? You're going to be successful in it. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. You got any more on that? No, I, you know, I was getting, I guess the last thing I would say is, and Mark, you've heard this a lot too, but in the education field in particular, when we're talking teachers or we're talking leaders or whatever, burnout, right? Everybody's, everybody's, they're, they're, they're just, overwhelmed, they're tired, they're fried. What would you say to that? Or what advice could you give to that? Maybe that you look at yourself or that you would share with others? Um, I think a lot of the burn and I'm, I'm speculating a little bit, but I think a lot of the burnout is because teachers and people in education care so much mm-hmm. and they take the problems home they take their students problems home and that sort of thing. And it just, if you do that with every single student, you're outnumbered, you're going to be overwhelmed. Um, so it's really, it's it's a skill where you got to say, okay, I'm going to do the best I can to help you. And I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give you resources. I'm going to give you opportunities and that sort of thing. But you can't, it's not ultimately you're there to help them, but they got to work through it. You can't, you can't take it home with you. We talk about this a lot. It's, it's it's okay to care. You can care while also setting boundaries. That's yeah, that's a better way of saying it. Yes. You, it, yeah. it and it's okay to do that. And and that's one of the things we talk about all the time is cuz if you're not taking care of yourself, there's no way you're going to be any good for anybody else. Yeah, cuz so, it it'll be short-term yeah. burnout as you go through there. Yeah. Yep. Um piggybacking off of the idea of leader leadership, um who helped you get to where you are today? Who helped you become the leader that you have grown into? Ah, boy, that's how much time we got here. (laughs) I mean, going through it, I mean, my dad being a a teacher was a great role model. And obviously I just, I grew up in that environment. I go, this is, this is great. My, my dad's always, my parents are always around. Uh, Even though my dad was very, he was a disciplinarian in the family. Uh, my mom was more the caring and nurturing, but I, I, you got to start with your parents. And I was blessed to have two wonderful parents. Um, loved high school sports. Um, still, I, I got to reach out to my high school football coach, Stuart Nordquist. Uh, one of the neatest things was this goes back about five years ago. Uh, I ran into him up in International Falls, and he's obviously retired and whatnot. 
And we were just BSing. He goes, you know what? I'd love to come down and just come through and be at some of your preseason practices. And so we set it up where he came down. And I, I mean, I cleared, it was actually Colin's senior year. I remember that. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I go, Hey, can we have, I talked to my wife, can we have Stuart come <laughs> hang out in the basement for three days? <laughs> and, and she goes, yeah, sure. And so we did that. And so Sunday night, uh, of the weekend before the first day he was, he came and I mean, he was supposed to show up about five o'clock and. Knowing Stuart, he showed up about 3.30, and my <laughs> wife looks out. She goes, uh, I think he's outside. He's just waiting in his car out there. I go, yeah, that's him. But it was just neat because he came. We introduced him to the team, and, I mean, he was just there observing. How old was he at the time? Oh, uh, he was youthful. I, he probably about, I'm guessing, 70 yeah. is where he was at. But he's very youthful, very yeah. fit, and just mind was so sharp and he yeah. was just paying. And so like he, he wouldn't inter interfere with practices. He would just take notes and we'd have lunch and then he'd fire all kinds of questions yeah. at me. And he was there for two days. And so he got the routine down. And then on, on the last day I go, well, Stuart, you got the routine down. You know mm -hmm. how I talk to the team and we kind of have a message of the day for 20 minutes real quick and whatnot. And we go out, I go, do you want to do that tomorrow? And he goes, yeah. He goes, is that okay? <laughs> and so he went down into our basement and he was working away about 45 minutes. Then he came back up. He goes, what do you think about this? And he had boom, 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 boom. And I looked at him, I go, coach, I go, you got 20 minutes. He goes, it won't fit, will it? I go, no. <laughs> I, go, I go, you got pick one or two and go with it. So he went down, edit down. He came back upstairs. He goes, how about this? I go, oh, I go, all right. I go, you're going to, I think you're really going to have to go to go 20 minutes. He goes, I'll talk fast. I go, okay. <laughs> and so he went in. So the next morning and I just turned it, I introduced or reintroduced him, turned him over to the team. And so it was, it was 20 minutes and the kids know, I, I mean, we have routine, we have structure. They yeah. know mm -hmm. if we get out of routine, something's out of whack there. <laughs> and so we had the 20 minutes. He's going nonstop. <laughs> He's just flying. And it's like 35. So at the 20 minute mark, the kids are starting to look at me and they're going, what's going on here? And I'm just going, I'm just going, just let it go. Stuart talked 35 minutes straight, entertaining. The kids loved him, engaged and whatnot. And then he finally paused and he looked at the clock and he goes, Oh crap, I'm over. He goes, I go, I go, we'll readjust. I go, you just finish your thing. And he went for about another 10 minutes. And it's one of the times where we had to do the major adjustments. So I was Stuart from a preparation type coach. He was an outstanding preparation coach. And I'd say if I modeled myself or kind of my characteristic, I'm also a preparation coach. Because mm -hmm. you, I mean, Jason, you know, when, oh, yeah. when surprising things happen, I usually, I don't handle them all that well. When somebody shows up unannounced or something like that, it's like, uh, no. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're very prepared. Yes. And so if I get thrown out of that, it is a struggle. Uh, more, I mean, early on in my, in my coaching career, um, going back to starting at, at Elk River, I mean, Terry McLean was the head football coach there. And the characteristic from, uh, from Terry was just, always, football is a wonderful sport. And he said, you got to you remember it's a wonderful sport. He goes, you got to be careful with practices because it's the most fun game to play 
because you got teenage boys running sure. around hitting each other with yeah. pads on and whatnot. He goes, it's the most, most fun game to play for a teenager, but it's the worst game to practice. So he said, always be careful with your practices. And I remember Terry explaining that to me, and that's something I've taken with. And then always recruiting, because like uh, this was second year working with him or so. We were teaching driver's ed as well, and he recruited me into the driver's ed field, and we're sitting in a driver's ed classroom. He goes, you know that kid over there? I go, I go no. He goes, well, he's a big kid. Why don't you go get him to play football? <laughs> and I kind of looked at him. He goes, yeah. And so it was the first one where it's like I just make football's a sport where it's not highly skilled. Like if you don't learn how to skate, you're kind of behind in right. hockey. If you right. can't dribble a basketball, you're never going to get caught up going through there. Football's not that. I mean, you can, we, and we usually have a player every single year mm -hmm. who comes out their senior year and makes a contribution yeah. to the team because if you're not afraid of hard work and you're not afraid of physical contact, you can become a pretty good football player in a short amount of time. So mm -hmm. that was my takeaway with Terry. Um, I used to coach basketball. Uh, Wally Trokel, um, he was along the lines of my high school coach, Stuart Norquist. You talk about uber-prepared and knowing and, and just knowing everything inside and out and just um, the long haul with the hard work put in because he built up that program from where they were perennial losers, losers, losers. <laughs> and then I came along and I just kind of rode on his coattails. And there were a couple of trips to the state tournament and third place finishes. I'm going, this is pretty cool. <laughs> but I mean, just knowing how much Wally put into that, Wally built, built that program. Um, and probably the, the longest one would be Paul Gustafson. Mm. Um, he was the head coach. He was hired as head coach at Elk River when Terry retired. Um, Paul gave me a chance uh, to be defensive coordinator there um, long before I was ever ready for that. So I, I'm <laughs> eternally grateful for Paul because uh, there were, I mean, looking back in that hindsight, I mean, you got to take your lumps there. Um, but that was, uh, Paul gave me the chance there. And then, I mean, Paul was obviously the first activities director at Rogers High School, yeah. and then I was hired as the head coach there. So just having his supportive mentorship, and Gus always did a phenomenal job of keeping it fun with the kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has this infectious laugh, and it's just fun to be around him. Um, biked over to his house and hung out with him uh, last Saturday morning for or Sunday morning for a little bit in his garage and he is he's just a he's just a joyful person yeah. to be around so it was so many influences yeah, those good. are kind of the the main ones that's cool that's very cool how about if you were to give uh, maybe some things that maybe you read if it's from uh, the leadership side of things or, or health and wellness resources what are some of your favorite resources when it comes to leadership and health and wellness? Um, I Early on, when I was first hired as head coach, I mean, I was, I was a, I've read a lot. I mean, any sort of philosophy type book, I would read it and read it and read it. Um, this probably isn't a good sign, but I've really tailed off in the last few years on reading. Um, <laughs> You've read it all. Huh? Yeah, You've read, read it all. Yeah, <laughs> read it all, understand nothing. Um, no, the, the last book I picked up was um, written by Greg Pog. Uh, he's a senior pastor at our church, mm. um, and he wrote a book on what am I going to do with the rest of my life. And so it's, it was, it's kind of addressed to uh, the baby boomer generation, which I'm a, he's a part of. I'm a little bit behind on that one. But it's just like 
um, you're, you're retired, but being, staying significant, making a contribution and, and, and doing something. Mm -hmm. It's not like you just retire and kind of fade off into the sunset. It's like, what are you going to do? And I got to apologize to Greg. I've started it. This is what I've done with a lot of books lately. I start it <laughs> and I go, oh, this is all about retirement. The one thing I got out of it is I'm not ready to retire. I mean, that was okay. kind of being yeah. the, what'd you call me? Seasoned. Seasoned. One, yes. Seasoned. Thank you. Not old. Yeah. yeah. One of the more Elder. seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you start getting that question. Like, are you going to retire or whatnot? And I mean, just reading the first part of the book, I go, no, I'm, I'm not ready to retire. It's too enjoyable. I mean, there's never a day where I dread getting out of bed. I mean, sometimes it's hard, the bones creak and that sort of thing. But you just, I enjoy getting out of bed, whether it's going to teach in the classroom, or I mean, right now it's the ideal sense in the in the summertime going through that. Um, so not really kind of the question you asked, but that was no, the last book I no, picked up I, and kind of getting a tidbit out of that. Yeah, and when you're talking about that, I just, what I hear is, I mean, you, you the, the thing I love what I'm hearing about is that you just get up and you're grateful for every day. You you appreciate you're getting up and you're and you're living with purpose. You're and we talk about living with purpose, leading with purpose, and that's what you're doing. And and when you when your focus is on just enjoying yourself and enjoying the day and enjoying the people you're around, that's going to go a long way. But if you're if I'm if I'm always thinking about oh I can't wait till I retire, I can't wait till I retire, I can't wait till I retire. You're you're not That's in no the, way to live. the you're not in the present yeah. moment. You're not hanging yeah. out. You're not living with purpose. You're not leading with purpose. So I, when I hear you speak, I'm like, I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Good. So I'm welcome back to yeah. the classroom next <laughs> yeah. year. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. that's good to know. All right. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up with one final question, and it's it's um, we ask this of of every guest if there was one single piece of advice that you would give a listener that is looking to um, move their life in a more positive direction for whatever reason, there's just one single thing that you would, you would tell that listener that they could implement tomorrow. What would it be? Uh, I would, something small. You got to start small. Yeah. I think that there's a, uh, what's the phrase? Paralysis through analysis. Mm -hmm. I think some people get so caught up in, okay, I want to get here, and they want to do it in one grandiose step. And, you, I mean, you just got to find something small to get. And I kind of, I, I remind myself of that because if I have a list of things to do, I, I get the emails and you got the whole email, and it's like, oh, my God, I got all these things to go through. Just start with one. And then the one responding to the one email or to the one phone call, it's not that bad. And it kind of... I, I feel like it once I've started, it kind of energizes you. And it's like, oh, that wasn't bad. All right, let's go ahead and take care of this thing and let's take care of this thing. So I, if you're, whatever you're trying to do, whether it's mental health or whether you have an education goal or something like that, just start small and start on the journey and you're going to learn a lot of things along the way. It's good. It's good advice. I love it. All right. That is it, Mark. Um, thank you for being on the show today. Um, you know, like Jason said, you, you are, you know, obviously Jason has known you longer than I have, but it's, it's easy for me to see that you are an exceptionally humble individual. Mm -hmm. Very um, much so. You clearly, clearly have a positive impact on the school, on the kids, on the community. 
Um, kids are fortunate to have you in their corner. I mean, it's that's a that's a no brainer. Um, so well, we'll get we'll give you credit if you if you can't give it yourself. Yeah, so, thank um, you. But what I'm really looking forward to, Kevin, knowing that you got a basketball background. <laughs> You are on the hit list now for <laughs> old, old man morning oh basketball. You got you're the newest recruit going. Does anybody play defense? Huh? Does anybody play defense? Or uh, is just it, don't it, go it, inside because you get hacked by I, this guy. I, I, I don't. I don't I, answer. I don't answer the three point line. I stay on the outside I, of the three point it's line. Safe, it's safe. It's safer out there. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've learned. I. I Mark, make, will, Mark will throw <laughs> elbows. He'll give you like an elbow. Uh, and he doesn't even care where it hit you. Yeah. Uh, no, that's my son now. Yeah. Wow. So, this has been really enjoyable, and, and uh, I appreciate the time. And I'm excited, Mark. Uh, you know, if anybody, if anybody would want to get in contact with you, where could they? Where, where could they? What's an easy way for them to get in contact with you if they want to, you know, chat with you about something? School me. School, school email. email is the easiest. Yeah, okay. Mark Franz at isc728.org. Well, Mark, I appreciate you being on the show, and um, I, I every time I get a chance to talk to you, I always learn something, and um, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for the opportunity to get to watch you take another uh, group of uh, of kids and see where see where they go, and and uh, I, I love how you do it. I believe you do it the right way, uh, and, I, and I love that about you. And again, I'm, I'm looking forward to. You know, we're this this episode is going to be dropping here right before the uh, the fall before the fall season, season yeah, starts. Yeah. So it'll be good. So, Mark, thank you again. I appreciate everybody checking in with us, and that's a wrap. That's it. Everybody, take care. All right, thank you. We appreciate you hanging out with the two principals today as we continue on this journey towards a healthier and happier you, one step at a time, one conversation at a time. We would love for you to follow, subscribe, and rate, review our podcast wherever you listen. And we are so grateful for your support. As always, please follow us on all of our social media accounts at Two Principles. You can find us on the web at twoprinciples.com. Questions for Kevin or myself, email us at twoprinciplespodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks for raising your frequency today and looking inward. Wishing you peace and happiness on your journey. Remember, a better you makes for a better today. It starts with you. Until next time, get out of your head and into your heart.